1: gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing on this Friday?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you?
1: I am not doing too bad. Excited to talk about, I don't even know if we're really going to talk Angels baseball tonight. I know it's an Angels podcast, but honestly, there's not a lot going on, and we just last night saw... Kind of a crazy game, and I kind of want to talk about that. But the first question, I I gave it to you off the record. We'll bring it on the record now. My question to you was, how many major league managers right now did not play in the major leagues?
2: I had four. Um, Madden was one. The Mariners guy is two.
1: That's your base.
2: Uh, yes. Yes. Service. Um, those were two for sure. Bra- I thought Snicker was one. Brian Am Snicker? I right there?
1: Yes. Correct. Snickers. That's, that's
2: three. And then my fourth was Derek Shelton. But I'm yeah. not sure on that one.
1: Derek Shelton did not play in the majors i believe he made it to triple a he played in the minors for the yankees there was there are five though however there is always there is always a fifth that you just kind of never think about and as i'm sitting here trying to scroll through who who it was i i'm kind of blanking on it maybe it was shelton maybe it was just four
2: well, there is a fifth, but he was fired yesterday.
1: Well, there was fifth, sixth, and seventh because Luis yeah, Rojas, Rojas never made was, it. Yep. I don't think Jace Tingler ever played professional. Ever played in the major leagues? And then Slid no. never made yep. it either. Yeah, so, no.
2: so, the guys who have not played uh, all were fired. So I had four, but yeah, I I didn't know who you were counting
1: when you were when you were saying five. So. I think actually, you know what? I I take it back. I I did get my fifth. Oh no, I didn't. I was going to say Tori Lavello, but it's not. Um, did you say Brandon Hyde? Hyde? I did not. There you go. There's number five for you. Uh, okay. Sorry. I knew I had. I knew
2: he I played. Knew I, I didn't know how, how how far he made it.
1: Yep. He did. He did in fact make it. Uh, I believe a AAA um, for the Milwaukee Brewers, but did not. You know, didn't didn't quite make it up to the major league. So I don't know if there's like a conversation to be had here about this, but I just found it kind of interesting, you know, I, is it easier to be, do we think it's easier to be a manager when you played or I don't know. It's kind of tough because managers these days, like we just saw you know, Dave Roberts not really manage a game per se. I mean, if that makes sense, like it, it wasn't his choice to start, to not start Julio Urias, right? Like, it was a Dodger choice. Like So if it went bad, it was 110% the Dodgers' fault and not Dave Roberts' fault. So, I don't know. Is it is it easy to be a manager? Is it hard to be a manager that didn't play, that did play? I, I don't know, you know, the thought process behind it.
2: I, I think it's easier to get a managerial job as a former player. I think... They, they like to hire those guys. It's easy to hire those guys being a GM because most GMs, you know, are going to get one shot. Some special guys will get two shots at hire a manager. And it just looks really, really bad hiring a guy who didn't play and isn't successful right away. You know, if, if they're hiring a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I, I played a little college baseball, I guess. Or, you know, I, I never played baseball or I played Little League or high school and haven't played since then. But like you know, I got my degree from Harvard. It's really hard to to sell that to the fans if you know that guy starts his career you know sixty and uh, one hundred two or something like that. And it's like, ooh, GM, you're gone. Manager, you're gone. And that guy might not ever get a GM job again. And you know, as a GM, some guys only get one shot. And you got to make the most of it. And I think you go with the safest option first. And then once you're experienced enough, you know, once you're a big wig and kind of, you know, I feel Epstein can kind of do whatever you want without being second guess. That's when you might make some of those hires. But I think it's just easier to hire the for sure non, um, the for sure major league player or beta, like professional player.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you this, you know, first-hand experience. It's it's not easy to get a job, you know, when you didn't, when you only played college baseball. I'll tell you that much. I know you're kind of in the same boat, and you're continuing to, you know, grow as a coach. But it's not an easy thing, you know, to to make out there. Uh, it would be, you know, if you only played college baseball. So I'll leave you with this before you know we get going any further. Just a reminder that the commissioner of Major League Baseball only played Little League baseball, so yes. there is that. I just kind of wanted to throw that into the mix. So, guys, I just can wanna... I throw <laughs> go for it. I was gonna Th- say, throw, throw, throw in what one you more want. question back at you. Go for
2: can it. you name the one manager who he he was a manager a couple of years ago? He only had one at bat in the bigs.
1: One at bat in the bigs. How many years ago? How how, how many years ago are we looking at here?
2: Five, three, between three and five years, uh, he managed a team that you know pretty well.
1: The only player that I can, the only person I can think of, three to five years ago, and the first name that popped into my head was Lloyd McClendon, but I don't know if that's right. No, okay.
2: the answer is Jeff Banister.
1: Oh, that's that's very interesting. I actually thought that Jeff Banister was a pitcher,
2: backup catcher. I think played like third base all I think he played kind of all over maybe even shortstop Um, but yeah one AB in his professional uh, professional life and I think he got one AB like pinch hit AB and then kind of sat there and then got sent back down and never got called back up and he was a catcher he was a catcher because um, he was like a pretty good catcher got ran over and big story It, it was awesome really really cool impactful story but Yeah, for him to get one professional at bat, that was like his biggest dream ever. And then he got to manage, you know, 20 years later, 10 years later. So I just figured that was interesting since we were talking about managers who played or didn't play. Kind of a trick question with the guy who played, kind of.
1: As we're like kind of going back here, wasn't there something that happened in spring training where somebody got hit in the head during his first major league at bat? Do you remember this story at all? He got hit in his first major league got bat in the head. And then they brought him back during spring training, like five years later, because he never gotten at bat. Mm. Do you remember I
2: I'm... I do remember the I do remember now. I don't
1: remember who it was, but that does sound familiar. Just like a rant like I don't know, that that's kinda of seems like what in a sense kind of happens. So guys, I just wanna thank you all so very much for listening to this podcast, making us the best Angels podcast out there. I really do believe so and Guys, if you do believe that too, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Um, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate at nategreen34. Guys, and always go follow us on all our social medias as well. Get the latest updates for anything that we have going on. You know, we're you know asking for questions and
3: all that fun stuff so guys give us one second to pay the bills what's going on everybody i want to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is the perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art Q and A's with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month—the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. And now, back to talking halos.
1: All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and talk. Like I said, I don't think we're really going to talk that much Angels baseball, so if you're looking for an Angels podcast, just go ahead and, I don't know, go find something else to do for the day, but, I mean, we had a lot of really interesting baseball on yesterday, and it was it was a fun, you know, very fun game, I thought, from a baseball standpoint, you know, a, a pitcher's duel, we had the, the before, like pre-game drama where... All of a sudden, Corey Kniebel was starting for the Dodgers, and it ended up working. So, Nate, my first question to you is, do you like the opener?
2: I don't mind the opener. It was just weird um, weird timing, in my opinion. Dodgers, I, I don't remember them using an opener for Arias at all this year, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't even know if they've used an opener this year. I, I know they've done bullpen games but I don't remember an opener for them. Um, That's a big pet peeve of mine is if you're going to do something in the postseason, like do it in the regular season or at least try something in the regular season. That's why big hats off to the Red Sox, like Nick Pavetta closed game 162 for them because they knew that they were going to need Nick Pavetta out of the bullpen uh, if they're going to be successful in this postseason run. So, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think it's really, really hard to to expect these guys to, like, oh, hey, we're changing everything. Uh, we're preaching that, yeah, these games are a little bit more important, but we're not going to change the way we play baseball. We're still going to play this way because this is what's got us here. And then, you know, three hours before first pitch. Oh, t- sorry, guys, we're actually going to change – our entire game plan and something we haven't done all year for Julio. And you didn't even know how Julio was going to react to that. Like Julio could have gone out there and been like, (sighs) you know, I I was expecting to start, get told I'm not starting. Maybe his focus is a little different. Maybe he comes in facing a, a guy that, uh, maybe he starts with Chris Bryan, and Chris Bryan hits a home run, and, you know, it, it just changes everything, and so I thought it was a big, big, big risk. It uh, paid off, kind of. They still had to use Max Scherzer, which I think if they went to Arias right after Canable instead of Gratterall, they probably wouldn't have had to use Scherzer, uh, and Max is ready to go for Atlanta in a couple days here, but, um, you know, using Max is not not the end of the world. it Gives him more confidence. I mean, eight innings, one run, 12 Ks. Pretty good postseason for him. But, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to affect the Dodgers moving forward.
1: For what it's worth, Corey Knievel had four starts this year? Just in
2: bullpen games.
1: In bullpen games, yes. He, he had four starts.
2: I know he did, but, like, not
1: for Arrias. No, yeah, like, no. It
2: was it was a strict bullpen game. Like, he went out there, threw an inning. Bickford went out there threw an inning you know they used nine pitchers in those games and they yeah. used it against the Giants in about game 145 if I remember correctly they played in San Francisco game one was a bullpen game for them and then game two and game three were bullpen games for the Giants. I remember that series but I don't remember them using an opener all year.
1: Yeah, it says, so from fan graphs, it, it looks like there's 13 times when a reliever started. I don't know if you, you know consider it the opener or, or whatnot. It doesn't look like, like Kershaw had 22 starts, he had 22 games. Urias had 32 starts, 32 games. Bueller had 33 starts, 33 games. Bauer had 17 starts. You could possibly you know make the case for, for Tony Gosselin um, because he had 13 starts and 15 games, the same can go for David Price. He actually had 11 starts and 39 games, so that might have been a guy that they might have been in like an opener for. But nevertheless, you know, kind of interesting that I don't know if it was like mind games that they were kind of playing just to see what you know, because if I'm the Dodgers, Dodgers or the Rays, you know, I know that you know Farhan is now with the Giants, but. If I'm the Dodgers or I'm the Rays, I'm going out there and like telling, like saying to myself, I am the best, like I know I have the best analytics team, I know I have the best teams out there, I know I have the best of this, that, and another. Like, I'm gonna go ahead and screw with you. Like that that is that's my thought process. Like three hours before the game, let's see if they panic. Because the Dodgers Dodgers have been to ten straight, you know, freaking ALCS NLCS is They've won 10 straight. Uh, you know what I mean. like, And they still haven't won a World Series in air quotes. No, I know not that's 10
2: a, straight.
1: It's, how, many, how many has it been since uh, they've been to 10 straight? No, no, straight no.
2: Washington beat them three years ago.
1: To go to the, I mean, you know what I'm they saying. They won, won been,
2: the game five. Howie Kendrick hit the, hit the game one and bomb in game five of that.
1: No, I know. Then, I, it was just a so it was a play on words. It's yeah, not you ten. You get what I'm saying, though. Like the the Dodgers are this good. I I wonder, like in the back of my head, if it was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and play mind games with them, Dave. You know, you go out there and talk to the media because you are such a good communicator, and let's just go ahead and let's let's play some mind games with the Giants and see if this works. Obviously, you know, Farhan and and Kapler had a fantastic plan and and it worked out well for them and everything, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting that they they just out of out of the blue just were like, "Well, we're going with the opener today." All right, let's just kind of see how this works, I guess. And I obviously they had the stats and the the numbers to back it up, and and it it, it worked. I don't know if you can really say yes, it worked. I, I'd say it worked for sure. They won
2: the game. That's all that matters.
1: Exactly. At the end of the day, they they won the game, and I mean, I guess let's just kind of jump on. My last question, I guess, kind of regarding the game, and then I have a question about the postseason for us, is did he go?
2: No, and that was <laughs> terrible. Like, you can't, you can't end a game on that. Like, you've got to be 150% sure that he went. And I think even Dodger fans were like, yeah, I don't know if he went. And then they saw the replay, and it was like, oh, no, he didn't even go. Like, as an umpire there, it's going to be like a full swing for me to be like, yeah, he went. Because that is going to be, like we talked about off the record, that's going to be something that's talked about for years. Years. Dodgers and Giants fans are going to talk about that for a long time. So uh, it also doesn't look good that the umpire is like sprinting off the field after he makes that call. So, oh my God, not yeah. a huge. That was very It was bad. like. It was like, uh, yeah, he did. I'm calling it. Yes, he did. As I'm like stepping across first base. All right, time to run, because I don't want to be here to let. And I, if I'm Gabe Kapler, I'm going out there and just laying into him for a good five minutes, just telling him you can't. It's soft for you to end a game like that, but you know it is what it is, and Dodgers are moving on.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a tough play. I mean, you look at. Like some of the most iconic plays, and and we we talked about a play off the record, and then there's going to be this play that you know kind of sticks out, and and of course the David Freeze play, and uh, what what was that the was that the Rangers World Series when that happened when David Freeze tripped or something like that Red Sox Red Sox that's what it was, and it wasn't David Freeze, it was Alan Craig. Now that I'm thinking about it, huh? Yes, yes. yes. And it was hundred
2: percent a trip that one was, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I know no, but those those are the iconic plays in in postseason that you just kind of remember. Like we're gonna be talking about this check swing, which I don't know if is there a way to solve this, you know? <laughs> like can like you should be able to challenge this in this type of situation, right?
2: The problem with this call is the same problem the NFL has with pass interference. There's no one rule fits all for this. Like, it's really hard to be like, oh, because the way their swings are, it's like, oh, did his wrist cross home plate? <laughs> does that does that mean he went, or does the bat head cross home plate? Does that like what quantifies him as going? And, and I think that what you're going to have happen if this becomes challengeable is you're going to have a bunch of guys in New York who don't want to make their buddies embarrassed, don't want them to look bad, and whatever the call is on the field is what the call is going to be. Unless it's egregiously bad, where the guy absolutely swings like the one we saw in Mexico um, <laughs> a couple years ago, where the guy legit swung the bat, and the guy said no, he didn't. Um,
1: no umpire like, saw it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was like like the, guy was, the guy was looking down the right field line or something. I don't even remember what happened, but <laughs> Um, I do remember he swung and the guy goes, no, he didn't go. Like, wow.
1: Everybody's so, checking and nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, I remember th- that. Th-
2: that's the only time that you're going to get someone who's like, oh, yeah, we're going to change this call. But because the umpires are such a tight-knit group and they're going to stick together, um, and I, I honestly think that the system is broken right now. Like, I'm not a huge fan of, of challenges. Like, I think it's a waste of time. And like, yeah, I want the calls to get right, but are the calls even getting right? Like I sent you a text when I was watching the Red Sox race game, Uh, the race in game four threw Verdugo out at third with, you know, ended the inning in the eighth inning and he was not out. He was safe. Uh, Even even the announcers were like, "I, I don't see an angle here where he's out. And then, you know, they call them out, and luckily the Red Sox went on to win the game, thankfully for them. But it's just like, it takes too long. It allows guys to look at more replays, and it allows hitters to go into a replay room during the game and look at things. And it's like, okay, if we don't have the replay room, we don't have hitters going in there in the middle of the game. We don't have to worry about, you know... Are the Astros cheating or are the Astros not? We don't have to sit there and and wait ten minutes to find out on a call that probably isn't even going to be called correctly anyway, because you, the umpires are like, eh, you know, he probably was out, but my buddy called him safe, and I don't want his you know face plastered all over the all over the TV for five minutes going, wow, oh, this guy really messed up that call. So we're just going to say he's whatever the umpire said. So I'm not a huge fan of replay in general.
1: I think there's got to be a better way. There, there needs to be something better. And in replay, like the thought of replay, is a fantastic idea. You know, like the thought of absolutely. And, and the and the same goes for like an automated umpire, like strike zone. That's a, that's a fantastic idea in principle. Like there needs to be. Like, like in this instance, there needs to be something like, uh, like in the NFL, like I, does the NFL do it right? Like, cause we've kind of referenced them a couple of times, but like how they review all scoring plays, they, they need, something needs to be done where like MLB reviews all like postseason. Game. Like th- this is such, so on such a big level, like you need to make sure you get all the calls, right? Like, human error is a thing for sure, and I think that's where the strike zone comes into play, and I think that that is... I'm totally fine with the strike zone the way it is because the strike zone can be perceived in so many different ways. But when it comes to plays on the field, those calls need to be right. Like, there is no reason for a call like that to be missed. There is no reason for a play at first base unless the umpire is blocked, and that's when it's like, okay, like, we need to get this call right. If, If an umpire is blocked... Like we need to make sure this call is one hundred percent right because this is you. You have the technology. There's, there's just got to be a better way, and I, I, I don't know the answer to that right now. I, I kind of wish I do. I did, you know, because then I'd be working for the major leagues. But I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's gonna be. I'm gonna spend all off season thinking of a way to do this other than like the umpires having iPads to watch. Like NH, the NHL does it. Actually, they, I, I, I believe they look on iPads now. Or they did it for a little while, where referees were able to look at the game on an iPad and rewind it and look at different angles. Like, I I feel like umpires should just be able to do that. Why Why do you need to call down, you know, to make a, you know, it just seems so shady in a sense. Like I, I just yeah. I just don't get it. Like I don't I don't understand why baseball has to be like this. It's it, it, NFL wears microphones. The, NHL wears microphones to know, so the fans know what's going on. You know, this isn't, and I'm not, we are not political in any way. This isn't politics. Like, Major League Baseball is not politics where things need to be kept secret because if it gets out to the public, you know, the public's going to, you know, blow up, basically. You know, like, that's not what baseball is. It's better that us and the fans know what's going on. So I think my rant's over. I mean, you got anything on this?
2: (laughs) The Little League World Series does it decent. They're the last out of every game is reviewed, no matter what. Whether it's a strikeout, whether it's uh, a fly ball out, they review it no matter what. Um, only in the Little League World Series, of course. But they do a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, microphones need to be on all umpires. Like, we need to know what's going on. Um, and I know we went on this random, random tangent on this because my fault. But it's just, honestly... I love to see managers argue. I love to see the passion. Right now it feels like we got a bunch of robots in the dugout, and it would make baseball more fun for me getting to see, you know, a manager's true emotion right away instead of, you know, a bad call happening, and he just holds his hand up to the umpire and says, hold on, let me talk to, you know, my little buddy over here. He's going to call somebody who's watching the game on replay and he's going to tell me if I should challenge or not. I I think that should be gone that we should see like the true emotion from the manager. So if there's a play that he feels that he's out, like see that guy right away, jump up and go, yep, yep. We're challenging that. And and maybe even get in the umpire's face before he does it. Like, I, I don't know, but like, I want to see emotion from these guys. Um, I'm sick and tired of seeing robots in the dugout, just like, all right, this is what I'm being told to do, so this is what I'm going to do, and hold on, let me see what the what the, uh, the genius tells me to do. He says, don't challenge, okay, we're not going to challenge. Like, show some emotion, have some fun with this. This is baseball, it's supposed to be fun, not, you know, math on paper.
1: Yeah, yeah this is where I also have a tough time with it because analytics is definitely part of the game. And I think it needs to be part of the game. It makes the game a little bit more fun. It makes the game better, but this is also where I want to see old school. If that makes sense, like there needs to be a happy median. We, we need to find the happy median and I just don't know what it is or if it'll ever really be found. And if we want to say, actually it's, it's not even if we want to say we can say it. baseball is broken. 100% baseball is broken right now. And and we're going to see it this offseason and it's going to suck. I, I can already tell you that it, it's not going to be a fun offseason and as much as, you know, we've been saying it's going to be a fun offseason, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun offseason to see what the Angels do to see, you know, how, how everything goes, but it's not going to be a it's just not going to be a fun offseason from a baseball perspective. I'll I'll tell you guys that much right now. So, Nate, on to the final question and you know, we've been talking about baseball kind of being broken. We saw two 109 total win teams face off against each other tonight. 209?
2: 109.
1: Yeah, no, 109. Well, total? Total. Well, no, 109, two 109 win teams.
2: I thought the Dodgers had one less win than the Giants. No, they com- didn't play 163.
1: No, well, No, coming into it today... Coming oh, into oh, it today, where they both up. won 109 games, which was the most in all of baseball. My question to you is, is the po- is playoffs, is the playoff bracket broken? Like, there's no reason for this to happen, right? Like, this shouldn't... You have the two best teams during the regular season matching up in a five-game series to, you know, see who moves on. I get that it's baseball, and and it's now old, like, we just talked about this in, in what the previous question, like, old school and new school, but at some point, like, you need to figure out, like, do you take the NBA, you know, with the top teams, like, I think that would actually be kind of cool. Do you take the top, you know, six teams from, ev- from the West and the East and they play against each other and then the East and the West? Like, I, I think that would be kind of interesting in, in, in a sense, but I, I just, I think that the postseason bracket's a little bit broken right now.
2: I want to agree and disagree with you at the same time. So for the structure and the amount of teams that we have in the postseason, I'm fine with it. Yes, that's. Um, I'm
1: cool with that. Like I don't need I, any more teams than what is going I don't, on right
2: now. I don't need more teams. And I think with the amount of teams in the MLB, this is the best system that you can come up with. Um, just because 15 is an odd number and you don't want to get into – 15 and 15 trying to figure out who gets to play, you know, the the Pirates or or the uh Diamondbacks an extra time. Um which is a huge advantage for who whatever team gets that, you know, team. Because, you know, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, you're fighting for a playoff spot with the Cardinals. The Cardinals' extra game is the Pirates' your extra game is the, you know, Dodgers, it's like oh. <laughs> I would I would hope that the Cardinals win that uh, matchup. So I don't think it's broken from that standpoint. I think you got to win the division. That's you know that's the Dodgers' fault. They they had chances. They had their chances. They played the Giants in a best two out of three, or in a in a best of three. Um, in what like a month a month before the end of the season, they played them in September. They lost that series. If they win that series, they're playing game 163 against the Giants. That's an opportunity they had. It's a 162-game season. Win your division. I, I don't think it's fair to penalize other teams who won their division. Like, yeah, the Braves didn't win as many games as the Dodgers, and the Braves are going to be the home team in this next series, which is great for Atlanta. But Atlanta didn't get to play Colorado and Arizona. As much as the Dodgers did, yeah, they had to play Miami, but the the East, top to bottom, is just as good as the West. They're they're just more top heavy, you know. So I think if you want to change the postseason, you got to get thirty two teams in there. You got to go the NFL route. You got to get sixteen and sixteen on each side. Go to four divisions. Make it a uh, North west east south thing or however you want to break it up but you got to go to four divisions and then you just go straight up you know the national league best seven is in and the american league best seven is in you know best five make it six and seven are playing a wild card game game 163 basically to play the number one so i think with 30 teams it's not broken you still got to win your division. And I think the Dodgers had opportunities to do that. So it's really hard for me to feel bad for a team who had 162 games, just like everyone else. They played the same schedule as the Giants did, and the Giants won one more game than them.
1: I get that. I do. And I think at some point down the road, and it's actually going to hurt the Angels, you know, to bring this full circle, because we are an Angels podcast here. I think it's going to hurt the Angels at the end of the day because I think that. At some point, you're just going to get the West, the Central, and the East. And you're going to take the top teams from that and somehow make a... make something like that. Like six teams without really wild cards or, or something, like, something along the lines of that, if that makes sense.
2: You're so, going to get 16 and 16 within the next seven to ten years. Because Nashville's going to enter. Uh, they've already got the money. They're already ready to go. They've got Dombrowski who owns part of that I know the Vandy head coach owns part of it so they're going to have a team in Nashville soon Now, Montreal probably gets a team I, I don't know we, we can talk about that later Who who gets the extra team but I think that's where you get the NFL model in about 5 to 10 years you will have the NFL model in the MLB
1: which isn't necessarily a horrible thing but I do think that I don't know you know it's gonna take some time to think about that one because I'm not too sure. It'll, it's something's gonna happen with the CBA this offseason with playoffs. One hundred and ten percent, it's gonna happen, and I don't know which way it's gonna go. I, I mean, enjoy baseball right now <laughs> because I don't know where this CBA is gonna go. So. Any final thoughts? I know I didn't really give an answer to that last thing, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts. Typical you,
2: sit in the middle. What else is new?
1: Any final thoughts here?
2: Uh, Max Scherzer still can pitch. (laughs) Uh, We still need pitching, so uh, I like watching that guy pitch. I'd love to see him in Angel Red. I know I've said multiple times I don't think he'll be in Angel Red, but it's nice to see that he can still pitch at age 36, going to be 37. so. Um, that's exciting, and I've heard you know Mike Trout's probably sent a few text messages or, or phone calls his way saying, "Hey, come play with us." Um, so that's exciting to hear. I hope I hope it happens, but you know that's all I got.
1: Yeah, it'll be an interesting off season. I you know hope I didn't uh, hurt anybody's feelings tonight with with all the baseball stuff, but yeah, you know when there's no baseball angels news we can just kind of talk about baseball because i know we all kind of like that so guys as always thank you so much for listening to this podcast we will be back on monday don't be afraid to shoot us a message if you want to hop on with us here at, at talking halos and talk some talk some baseball if you have any questions or comments just, you know shoot, a, shoot us a message on twitter we're more than, happy to, more than happy to talk with you about anything so guys thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day <laughs>